Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's April 27, 2011, and this is episode 280. I'm back home in Tokyo after a month at sea, voyaging to the Antarctic, the Falkland Islands, and Patagonia. It's been over a month since the last episode, which I released literally as my studio started to shake in that terrible quake that devastated much of northern Japan on March 11. It's been a life-changing month in many ways. So rather than just proceeding straight on with the Snow Monkey and Hokkaido Tour series of podcasts, which I will be doing straight after this, today I thought I'd just record a quick update uh, to let you know how Japan was affected by the quake, how I was affected by the quake, and also to suggest some possible ways in which we can help. Now, it's a windy afternoon uh, morning here in Tokyo, so you might hear some cracking in that. It's basically just the, the windows, the doors out on my, out onto my balcony here in my studio are, are being blown around a little bit. So just ignore that if you hear some banging and cracking. I was at home when the quake hit on March 11 with a friend, Marcus Bain, one of the contributing members of the MBP community over. I had recorded episode 279 in the morning and had a few more buttons to press to get it released, so I left Marcus downstairs chatting with my wife while I went up to my studio to release the episode. Literally, as I pressed the publish button and updated the podcast feeds, my monitor started to judder, which is my early warning that a quake is starting. I ran downstairs exclaiming that the quake was starting, but Marcus and my wife hadn't felt it yet. As I emerged from the staircase, the apartment started to shake and we all put our shoes on and went out to the car park. For what seemed like an eternity, the car park shook up and down and around and around, I watched my car moving all over the place uh, to my left and then as I looked across to my right at the allotments next to our apartment I could see the ground undulating not dissimilar to the rough seas that I'd experienced getting down into the Antarctic in the weeks between then and now. Other people started to come outside and our neighbour came running home in his suit, obviously he works nearby, and ran into his second floor apartment, presumably to ensure that his wife and daughter were okay. Our three-storey apartment building was flexing and moving around as well, as the quake continued to rock and roll us for a number of minutes. We thought it was never going to stop. When it finally did stop, we went back inside to find that, apart from our sliding doors opening and an ornament or two falling over. Nothing was damaged. Um, Before we could get our heads around what had happened, though, another quake came. This time, I grabbed my backup hard disks and laptop before we made our way back out to the car park. I managed to write a tweet on Twitter as as I sat in the car park, still rocking around. It really was a scary and surreal experience, but that was to be just the start. We turned on the TV 
to see what had happened and found that the quake had occurred hundreds of kilometers away to our northeast along the east coast of northern Japan. This made it even harder to believe that the quake had been so strong in Tokyo and I started to wonder just how strong it had been closer to the epicenter. It turns out, after an update uh, a few days later, that the quake had been of magnitude 9.0, making it one of just a handful of the strongest earthquakes ever recorded. As we watched the updates, it soon became obvious that the power of the quake itself was not what was to be so devastating about this quake. Marcus, my wife and I sat in our living room watching in disbelief as the images of the tsunami that pounded the coastal areas of northern Japan started to roll in. We watched the same images that would soon be familiar to most of you too as the news of the quake and the tsunami propagated out around the world. Whole towns were swallowed up, ships washed up into the towns and even airports were laid waste by the relentless waters. Our plans for a day of fun that would have involved copious amounts of alcohol and grilled meat evaporated as we started to call around to loved ones to ensure that they were alright. The landlines were out though and our cell phones were almost as useless. My wife's family are all based in Fukushima, the prefecture with the nuclear power plant that was uh, pretty much melted down in the aftermath of the quake. I went to college and have many friends in Miyagi, the prefecture, the next prefecture up to the north of Fukushima, which was one of the worst hit by tsunami. Marcus couldn't confirm that his wife and small son were okay, and the tsunami warnings flashing on our TV indicated that his apartment, close to the sea, was also in danger. The trains had stopped running, and many areas had power outages, and without the phones to confirm if anyone was okay, we decided to drive Marcus home. The 50-kilometre drive that should have taken just over an hour took five hours. The roads were full of cars, with people trying to get home too. On the way, having tried perhaps 40 or 50 times, I finally got a call through to my wife's older sister and confirmed that she and her husband were okay. We managed to get Marcus home by around 10pm, and he was able to confirm that his wife and son had gone to their parents' home and were safe. Luckily, one of the highways reopened as we drove home, so we got back home shortly after midnight. On the way th- through, though, you know, we saw people that had obviously spent nine or so hours walking home from the city centre. Some just looked incredibly weary, having walked probably 30 kilometres or so, and others were limping or being propped up by friends, with their faces twisted by what was obviously considerable fatigue and probably physical pain as well. It would be the following morning before we could find out that the rest of our immediate family were okay, and a few days before I confirmed that my main circle of friends from college were all okay too. Some people had damaged property, some friends had lost property and cars, but not their lives, thankfully. With the death toll at well over 10,000 already, and 
what seemed like almost constant aftershocks, even in Tokyo, I had a, a very difficult decision to make. On March 15, just four days after the quake, I had plans to leave Japan to co-host a photography expedition in Antarctica with Australian photographer David Burren. I'd already switched expeditions from one in November 2010 uh, to this one, and I really just couldn't let David down again. So I decided to leave my wife to brave the aftershocks and possibly uh, an even larger quake in Tokyo and fulfill my responsibilities as a photographer. The expedition was a great success. I got back home on April 18th and have spent the last week making up for not for you know for being away from home for over a month and making my final selection of images etc having uploaded my images to Flickr and my own gallery yesterday we got up early and drove to Fukushima to quickly see family and a, a few friends it's customary in Japan to put some money into an envelope for people that have experienced hardship, and so we did this uh, on Monday this week. My my wife didn't want to send money by post, um, and it really was nice to just go and see our friends and family face-to-face. It felt strange to be in a place just 50 kilometers or so from a nuclear power plant that is spewing out radiation and causing thousands of evacuees to live in temporary accommodation or to live in gyms of schools and wait for temporary accommodation to become available. I can't believe, though, that there has there have been res- reports of discrimination against the people of Fukushima as they move out to the surrounding prefectures to avoid the radiation. Lack of understanding of the facts and fear can drive usually kind and friendly people to do things that they will hopefully learn to regret. I personally would rather face the risk of radiation than avoid friends that live in the area. They, after all, have no choice. With them not being in the evacuation zone, they would not get um, financial help from the government if they left their homes. With the nuclear power plant still far from being under control, tension is high in Fukushima, but I hope that the people of Japan and those of you around the world listening to this will not discriminate against the brave people of Fukushima. For decades they've lived with the nuclear risk to provide power for the city of Tokyo, 300 kilometers south. It tears me apart to think that some people are now discriminating against the people of Fukushima as though they had leprosy or something. We still don't know how long it will take to get the nuclear power plant under control, and even worse, we still don't know how long it will be, um, how long it will take before people can return to their homes in, you know, the, in the evacuation zone. Maybe many won't be able to move back in their lifetimes. Hopefully, though, the Japanese government and the Tokyo Electric Power Company will ensure that all of those people affected are duly compensated for their loss and unfathomable inconvenience. Of course, there are still tens of thousands of people that have lost their homes to the tsunami and whole towns that need to be cleared and rebuilt. 
The farming areas that were filled with seawater are now unusable until the salt is removed from the soil. Companies affected have run into financial difficulties and had to lay off staff in some cases, which means that you know people have not only lost their property, some have lost their jobs, making it even more difficult to rebuild their lives in the foreseeable future. When I got home from Antarctica, my wife joked that I'd chosen a really bad time to give up my UK citizenship and become a Japanese national. It was, of course, only a joke, as we were both very happy that I was able to become a Japanese citizen. The terrible events of March 11 have, if anything, made me even more proud to be Japanese, and I've spent a lot of time over the last month trying to figure out how I might possibly be able to help my adopted countrymen, and, of course, more importantly, fellow human beings, to recover from this disaster. I'm in the incredibly fortunate position to have a way to contact thousands and thousands of people to deliver my message, and you're currently listening to it. From an early stage, I put links to make donations to help Japan through the Red Cross on my website, and analytic data from my site shows me that many of you have already made a donation, for which I'm truly grateful. I continued to try to think of a way that I could provide you with a way of um, not only helping Japan, but for some way in which you would get something back in return. Having given this much thought, I've decided to start what I'm calling the Prince for Japan project. For the next three months, until at least July 31st, 2011, I'm going to donate 30% of the price of all fine art prints that I sell to the Japanese Red Cross Society. I have to emphasize here up front that there is still some profit in this for me after covering materials. Having just taken the plunge to make photography my, my only source of income, I can't afford to give all of the profits from prints at this time. Although highly doubtful, if, for example, I should get so many print orders that I spend the next three months printing and shipping fine art prints, I would not only um, I would not be able to do any other work, and therefore wouldn't be able to support my family, and that wouldn't do. Please think of this as an offer for any of you that have at some point thought of buying one or two of my prints, but didn't quite take the plunge. With this little incentive, you could not only get that print that you've been hankering after, but you would be donating 30% of the price to a very worthwhile cause. I will, of course, report the amount of money that you helped to raise via my website and this podcast over the next three months, so that you can see how much we, the MBP community, have been able to help Japan to recover from this disaster. To buy prints, you simply need to go to my gallery at martinbaileyphotography.com slash gallery.php and navigate to a photo that you like and then click on the shopping cart button above the image. Once you click on the cart button, the prints option for your order will appear below the image and you can select your currency, type of paper, print size, etc. 
You can also select whether whether or not you want a border for your print. And for me to sign and stamp the print, the print will be shipped to you rolled in a sturdy tube for you to have framed locally. Shipping in a frame from Japan is not practical. So note that the print cost is for a rolled fine art print proofed and printed personally by me on top quality archival paper. If you don't already have a favorite photo, I'm going to walk you through a few loosely selected possible suggestions here. I tried to select some images that represent the beauty and serenity of this amazing country. Of course, these are um, you know these are all my own photos and will be produced in in any of the sizes selectable in my site's shopping cart system which is up to 24 by 36 at the moment. If you need any custom sizes, I can, and the width, the largest I can do is 24 inches. Uh, length is up to five meters. Um, but if you need custom sizes, just drop me a line at info at martinbaileyphotography.com and let me know and we'll work on a price. And, uh, you know, the, I can pretty much create anything that you wanted. Just let me know what the image is and we can talk about options. You might select something, you know, new, one of my newer images, like a, a recent shot of two red crown cranes doing a courting dance in the snow. This is very Japanese. Um, if you're listening on your iPod or in iTunes now, they, you'll notice that the image is being displayed. Uh, if not, you'll need to go to my blog to view these. Um, just type in mbp.ac slash 280 and you'll be able to view the uh, the images there uh, or maybe um, you know you'll you'll go for a, sh a shot like this one of an old tree uh, with three swans flying past which is also kind of like a, tra a traditional Japanese painting uh, also you know I know that the context of this will not be for everybody um, you could even think it's in bad taste but my uh, recent shot of a line of fishing boats is actually just the sort of scene that will have been destroyed by the March 11 tsunami in many of the fishing towns along the east coast of Japan. If you'd prefer this is, you know, to link your image to the event in that way. I'm sure that many of you it want it once you've bought a print, you'll it because of this this linkage that we're making to the to the helping of Japan, it will probably remind you of the event in some ways. Um, and, and and how you were able to help. So you know this is this is a possibility. It's just I'm just raising examples here. Of course, in addition to these newer photographs, there are some of my older classics, such as the uh, lone tree on a hill in a snowstorm shot. And there's distant dance, which never disappoints my customers. If you aren't necessarily interested in the Japan theme, you might want to take a look at some of the work from my recent trip to Antarctica, which is also now up uploaded to my gallery. For example, one of my favourite images from the trip is a two-minute exposure of an Antarctic landscape with some gentoo penguins that were kind enough to stay still for an entire two minutes. Of course, there are many more images to choose from, such as my dreamy flowerscapes. Uh, these are all nothing more than examples, though, and if you have time to look through the gallery for something that jumps out at you, please do. If you want to 
you know, skim quickly through all photos from all genres, then you might want to use the cool iris wall feature on my site by scrolling down to the middle of the gallery page. Like I say, it's at martinbaileyphotography.com slash gallery.php. You'll need to use a flash enabled browser for this to work, mind. Note too that if you hit the full screen button in the bottom right corner of the cool iris window, your browser will open up to fill the screen and you'll be able to really just skim through the images quickly using your mouse or the arrow keys on your keyboard. I do want to just stress once again though that this offer is only for those of you that have considered buying a print in the past or, you know, on thinking about it, you would really like one. It's my way of helping you to help Japan with my donation of 30% of the print cost. If you'd rather give directly to Japan, please go ahead and do so. If you click on the Donate to Japan button in the toolbar at the bottom of all of my websites, you'll be able to, you'll be taken to a donation page at the American Red Cross. If you'd prefer to donate to your National Red Cross Society, then I have, um, you know, I've added a, a redirect uh, from the, um, the, well, basically, here, here it is. If you type mbp.ac slash rc for Red Cross into your browser, then it'll take you to a Red Cross or the Red Crescent Society pages worldwide. And, you know, I'll put it into the show notes. Note too that I'm going to add the ability to buy canvas prints of my images or canvas wraps of my images directly from my site in the coming weeks too. If you would prefer a canvas wrap, please just drop me a line again at info at martinbaileyphotography.com and I'll keep you updated as I add these options to my shopping cart. They'll be a little bit more expensive, um, but you know that just means that we donate more to uh, to the Japanese Red Cross and help Japan to recover from this terrible disaster. The most important thing to keep in mind is that Japan is hurting bad right now, and we really need your help. However, you are able to make that help available. Thanks for listening today to this somewhat somber episode of Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Over the next few days, I'm going to continue the series that we started back in March to relate to you the details of our February Hokkaido tour. I've been off the air for a long time over the last few months, and I'm, I'm planning to get back to at least my once weekly schedule for a while now, as time allows, but I'll also try to put out more than one episode a week to make up for the recent downtime. In the meantime, remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter, and of course my blog and the Photography Forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so do drop by if you want to catch up. And at the same time, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.